Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Jonathan McClintock and I invite you to join me as we look into God's Word together over these next few minutes. Hello and welcome to episode number two of God's Word for Life. Today's lesson focus is we must keep in our remembrance the sacrifice Jesus made for us. Title this lesson will be In Remembrance of Me. But before we get into the lesson today and into the text, reading of the text and dive into that, I wanted to look at Joshua chapter 4. There was a story that kind of jumped out at me today, thinking of what we're going to be talking about and looking at in the Scriptures. Joshua chapter 4 tells us the story of Joshua leading the children of Israel across the Jordan River. Of course, at this point in time in history, Moses has passed away. Joshua has assumed leadership of the Israelite community, and God has given him direction on which way to go, what to do in order to begin this process of taking the promised land. The first obstacle before them was the Jordan River. God gave him clear direction how to cross it, even though it was overflowing its banks and it looked impossible at the time. But I don't want to really focus so much on all the details of the story. You can read them in Joshua 4 and beyond, but I want to look at what happened after they crossed. Very interesting What happened, God told Joshua to take 12 men, one representative from each of the 12 tribes, and to go back into the middle of the river. Now the water's still parted, it's still dry ground there. And tells each man to take a stone and bring a stone out of the middle of the river, and let's build a memorial, a monument. And the reason God told him to do this is found in Joshua chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Let me read verses 6 and 7 to you. It says that this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over Jordan. The waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. The reason for that stone memorial was so that succeeding generations could continue to hear the story of God's power and God's provision. When people, generations later, would walk by and see that pile of stones, that memorial there, and ask the question of those, their father, their mother, those, their grandfather, that they could tell their children the story. We once stood here, our ancestors once stood here, And God made a way where there seemed to be no way. The memorial served as a token to help them remember that God was who he said he was. All right, so let's look at our text today. We're going to look at Mark chapter 14 and 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Not sure where you are listening to this podcast But if you are at a place where you're still and you can look in the scriptures with me and follow along, if not, let me read them for you. Mark chapter 14, beginning at verse number 17. And in the evening he cometh with the twelve. 
And as they sat and did eat, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, One of you which eateth with me shall betray me. And they began to be sorrowful, and to say unto him one by one, Is it I? And another said, Is it I? And he answered and said unto them, It is one of the twelve that dippeth with me in the dish. The Son of Man indeed goeth as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. Good were it for that man if he had never been born. And as they did eat, Jesus took bread, and blessed, and brake it, and gave to them, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said unto them, This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. Verily I say unto you, I will not drink no more of the fruit of the vine, until that day that I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung in him, they went out into the Mount of Olives. And let me read 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning at verse 23. This is Paul's account. Verse 23 says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye, as oft as ye drink it, in remembrance of me. For as oft as you eat this bread, and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. And the focus verse is verse 22 of Mark chapter 14. And as they did eat, Jesus took bread, and blessed, and brake it, and gave to them, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Now in this text, Jesus is celebrating or going through the ritual of Passover with his disciples. Now Passover we instituted the night before the Exodus in the book of Exodus when families were told to kill a lamb, to share a meal together, and and then the Bible tells us about the blood on the doorposts and the death angel passing over that night. They were, the Israelites, were delivered from Egyptian bondage after the very night that they had taken and remembered for the first time this Passover meal together. What then began to be celebrated and instituted for generation after generation. And then we see Jesus coming on the scene. And here Jesus is celebrating Passover with his disciples. Yet this Passover would mark the beginning of something new. We'll get to that in just a moment. But I want to look at verses 18 through 21. There was a damper kind of put on the meal together as they sat there and were sitting there together, reclining at the, the table, getting ready to eat their meal. And Jesus speaks up and says, Verily I say unto you, again, this is Matthew 14, verse 18, One of you which eateth with me shall betray me. Of course, we know, we've read the rest of the story, we understand he was talking about Judas. Judas was sitting there among the twelve as Jesus was speaking. 
It's interesting when Jesus said these words, though, there was almost as if a tinge of conviction went through that room. Because Mark tells us that the moment Jesus said, someone is going to betray me, one man after another, it seems, began to ask the question, is it I or is it me? Jesus, is it me? Peter spoke up, Jesus, is it me? There's Thomas sitting down there at the end. Jesus, is it me? What the disciples thought was going to be a wonderful meal together and remembering what God had done for their ancestors and delivering them from Egypt quickly turned to a time of conviction and searching their hearts. Someone's going to betray you? Is it me? A parallel passage in John chapter 13 is quite interesting. If you put Mark and Matthew's account together with John, we have these disciples saying, is it I, is it me, is it me, Lord? And yet John at 1325, we find that John is sitting close to Jesus and doesn't ask, is it me? But in a sense, whispers to Jesus, who is it? Though conviction went around because maybe their hearts weren't quite where they needed to be. And I'm thankful for those moments where God's word can speak to me and I might not be where I need to be, but it brings conviction to me. And I can ask, Lord, is it me? Is there something in me that's not right? So I want to ask this first key theme and question we're going to look at and think about. I want you to think, is there any betrayal in your heart? Is there any type of betrayal in my heart? Have my actions ever betrayed what I actually said I believed? That's convicting, isn't it? That's convicting to think about because there are probably times where we don't do what we say we believe. And so looking into this text today, that's the first thing I want us to look at. I want you to think about where you're at. Is there any betrayal in your heart? Is how you're living this day does it line up with what you say you believe? And more importantly, not only what you say you believe, but does it line up with what God is asking of you and God is calling you to do? So is there any betrayal in your heart? The second thing I want to look at is I want to switch to look at Paul's account in 1 Corinthians 11. Now, Paul's writing to the Corinthian church, and he's referring back to this Passover meal that Jesus instituted, this new Passover meal he instituted with his disciples. And he kind of gives a little bit different take because there's some wrong practices going on in the Corinthian church. And Paul is addressing this. And after our text, we read verses 23 to 26, but after our text in 1 Corinthians 11, 27 through 28, Paul begins to talk to them about taking communion or doing this remembrance as Passover, doing it in an unworthy manner. Some people have looked at this and said, well, you got to repent because you're not worthy and you've got to become worthy before you even take communion, before you even do this remembrance, uh, this Passover remembrance. But that's not exactly what Paul was saying here. Paul is telling them, first of all, nobody is worthy. Nobody is. Well, you can't do enough good things to make yourself worthy. But though we are not worthy, we can approach communion in an unworthy 
manner. This is why Paul said in verse 28 of 1 Corinthians 11, he said, but let a man examine himself. Turn the searchlight on in your heart and examine yourself. Before you do this, before you take this seemingly ritual practice, it seems, in some churches, before you do it, search your heart. Let a man examine himself. So here's the question I want to ask for your consideration now, the second question, the second uh, key theme. Do you approach spiritual things with reverence? Do you approach spiritual things with reverence? I think it's important that we teach our children to respect and reverence the things of God, but I think we all also ought to look at our own selves and do we reverence these things? Perhaps you have served God for a long time. Are there some things you take for granted? Are there some things, some spiritual things, some sacred things that you approach in an an irreverent manner? I think that's something we need to think about. I think I want to think about that. I, I want my heart to be right. I want to approach the things of God with reverence. I want to approach them with, with humility. I want to approach them with respect. I'm recording this while... COVID-19 restrictions are starting to lift a little bit, and we're going to get back to some sense of normalcy, normalcy though I think things are probably going to stay the, this way for a while, with some of these practices for a while. But I wonder, as you leave these restriction times of restriction, are you going to go back to church and approach the things of God with a little bit different reverence? I think I probably will. I think this has been some of a wake-up call. I don't think I consider myself as being an irreverent person. I, I would like to think at least that I approach the things of God with reverence and respect, but I think I've found maybe a new level of respect and reverence during these times as they've been kind of removed from our lives. But that moment I enter back into the church house, am I going to look at that church, that house of God, differently than I used to? When I get to sit there and sit in the audience as my pastor preaches, am I going to approach the preaching in a, in a more reverent way? Am I going to approach the privilege of worshiping among the people of God? Am I going to approach that in a more reverent and respectful manner? I pray I do. So that's the question I want you to consider. Do you approach spiritual things with reverence? The last theme, the last question, the last idea I want us to look at here today. Jesus begins to take the bread and he breaks it. And this is my body, he says. Takes the, the juice, the wine, and the, this, is, this is the blood of the New Testament. This new covenant that I'm making with you. He was doing what Jewish households had done for generations. The leader of that house would take the bread and break it. And perhaps the kids sitting there reclining around the table, would ask their father, Dad, what does it mean? What is the bread? What's the significance of these things? And that would simply prompt the father to explain, well, son, daughter, let me tell you, our ancestors were once slaves in Egypt, but God came through and God delivered them. And so we take this. This is, symbolizes the meal that they ate that night. They were delivered from Egyptian bondage. And so we take of this meal together as often as we do, so we remember what happened that night. So Jesus is doing this with his disciples, and he's doing what they've seen done for 
all of their life and what's been done for generations. But something changed the night there in this room where Jesus and his disciples were together. As Jesus broke the bread, Jesus began to explain the meaning and in a sense, a new Passover was being instituted because a new exodus was on its way. The Lord was pointing towards a time when his body would be broken and his blood would be shed. And people would not be brought out of Egyptian bondage, but people were going to be set free from the bondage of sin. So I want to ask you for your consideration today, this last question that I'll ask you. Are you living fully in the benefits of the incredible sacrifice Jesus has made for you? Are you living fully in those benefits? His sacrifice has made salvation available to you. Are you living in that full Bible, gospel, salvation? Are you living in the peace that his sacrifice brings? Are you living in the healing and the hope that his sacrifice brings? If you're not living fully in experience of what God has made available to you through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, there is something wonderful in store for you. So are you living fully in the benefits of the incredible sacrifice Jesus made for you? So looking at this text, thinking about these things these last few minutes, what can we do this week? Here's some things I'd like you to consider doing this week. First of all, maybe a call to repentance. I want you to ask yourself, is there any betrayal? Is there any inconsistency in my life? Is there anything in our lives we need to get rid of? And maybe once this podcast ends, you can take a moment and repent and ask God to remove anything that ought not be there. Second thing I want you to do is what are some memorials you could build in your family or for your future family? Or what memorials have you built or are you building? that can testify to the greatness of our God. It's important we build some things in our families and build some things in our life. So think about what kind of memorials you have built or you can begin building in your family to point to the great God that we serve. And finally, ask you to this week, purpose to live this week in remembrance of and in celebration of the sacrifice Jesus made for you purpose to live fully in the benefits that Jesus' sacrifice has provided for you. And perhaps maybe talk to your family about it. Set a time this week you can talk to your family. Share with your family what God has done. Maybe where this all came from. Tell them about the Israelites being set free and delivered from the bondage of Egypt and then how that points to us through the sacrifice of Jesus that we can be delivered from the bondage of sin. Maybe pray about a neighbor you could reach out to this week and tell them about it. Let's do it all in remembrance of Jesus. Lord Jesus, we're so grateful for your presence. Thank you for the wonderful, incredible, humbling sacrifice that you made on the cross of Calvary. You shed your blood so that we could be free from the bondage of sin. We were once bound We could not get free on our own, but you came, you gave your life, you laid it down willingly so that we could be set free.
Thank you for the wonderful benefits that that sacrifice brings. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins that we can receive. Thank you for the full salvation that we can experience in our lives. Thank you for the healing and the hope and the joy and the peace we can live with. And I pray that you would allow each listening here today, allow them to experience the benefits of your sacrifice for them. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.